Welcome to the Talk of the T-Town podcast, where we discuss all things track cycling. Broadcasting from the Valley Preferred Cycling Center, I'm your host and executive director, Joan Hanscom. Welcome to the Talk of the T-Town podcast. I'm your host, Joan Hanscom, and I am joined this week by Amara Edwards, the program director from the Jerry Baker Velodrome uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Amara, welcome to the pod. Hi, thank you, Joan. This is exciting and a little bit nervous, but I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I, I am... I. I am ignorant somewhat of, of how Jerry Baker works versus how T-Town works. Um, so uh, for our listeners who maybe haven't been to your track, uh, tell us about your job there, your role there, and then tell us a little bit about what goes on at Jerry Baker Velodrome. Yeah, so I guess we'll start with the track first. Um, the Jerry Baker Memorial Velodrome, formerly known as the Marymore Velodrome, um, is 400 meters so it's a it's a big track um but it does have some decent banking we have like 23 to 25 degrees banking so there's at least you know you know you can turn into it um, which is awesome but it is um it's kind of our gentle giant we like to call it but we do host a lot of racing um i think we probably are head to head with t-town and actually who hosts the most racing like per summer um, which is, uh, always, we always like to say we host the most. I don't know if it's true or not, but we host, three, <laughs> <laughs> we host um, three times a week. We have racing. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, we have racing every week. And then additional- well, we have Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. So okay. well, yeah, we're pretty close then. And then we can have some Saturday special events um, like once a month. Um, but so we have a lot of racing, which is something that we're very excited about. And we um, have great fields and it's a really awesome community out here. And um, we're located in Redmond. Washington, which is, people say Seattle, it's not really Seattle, it's on the other side of Lake Washington, um, but it is an awesome community, the whole Washington area, um, and we, yeah, our racing scene is great, and we continue to grow there. Um, our big event, which I think most people know us for, is our Grand Prix, which typically happens like the third or fourth weekend in July, and we generally host like a $10,000 cash purse, um, and we've gotten Olympians, people from all over South Africa, Australia, a bunch of big names that come out and make that a big show. Obviously, the last few years has been a little funky, um, but we we try to make that a, a really big event. We we're hoping that is returning this summer. I know, and I know we try to avoid conflicts with that so that um, our participants can be your participants and vice versa. Um, and I think it's super cool that y'all do that and, and have that big, like, glamorous showcase night. And I know that there are folks from our velodrome that consider that like their favorite race of the year. So, um, cause I've heard all about it because people, people really, really enjoy that night. So it's super cool. Um, and fingers crossed that we all get to have a much more normal season in 22. It's so weird. Like, I, I don't know about you, but like, cause the seasons have been so weird. Um, I, I'm like, is it 22? Is it 23? Is it 21? No, either. <laughs> like, it, it's really challenge. And then, like, the shift of the calendar is so weird. So I don't, I don't even know what season we're talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I said, hopefully we're back to normal. We are actually, I know I'm getting derailed here. Uh, we were actually had a fairly normal season last year. Besides our larger events, we just couldn't host because travel was frowned upon. 
Yeah. Um, but we actually hosted all of our nights. Granted, um, being that we're in Washington and in a king in a park, uh, it was we had to very strictly follow all the COVID protocols. But it was like, okay, masks on, mask off, mask on. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, if you're not racing, your mask is on. Okay, you're racing, you can take it off. And there was the little pods. We we got very creative, um, but we were actually ran our racing program. We were very proud of that. Yeah, we were lucky too in that we were able to run pretty much the normal season plus a gazillion national championships. Um, too many national championships. Um, but we did start the season having to race in masks unless we were doing time trials. So I think the entire month of June, um, if the, the way the state regulation was written was if you were fully vaccinated, you were allowed to race without a mask. Um, and if you had not been fully vaccinated, um, you had to race in a mask. So June was really interesting for us in that not not only was it like, you know, stay in your bubble in the infield, but it was, you know, people actually having to race with masks on. It was uh, it was a challenging June, but then July they opened it all up and we were able to, we yeah. were able to race without the masks on, which was, was really nice. Um, Cause you know, masks, while I am very pro mask, uh, I also appreciate that racing with one in July in the concrete crater would have been quite unpleasant. Yeah, difficult. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So hopefully we have a hopefully we have a better twenty-two. But you know, who knows? Right now, things are getting weird again. So, yes, they are. Yes, yeah, so let's um, talk about those unpleasant things. Let's let's talk about you. How did you come to be the program director at the Jerry Baker Memorial Velodrome? Yeah, so I guess we were talking about this a little before, but I can give you my background because I know you don't know me very well. And I'll kind of go to how I became the program director. Um, many people might not know me or they know of me, but not really. Um, so I started racing when I was 11 um, and I started racing on the track, which is actually odd because the track was like an hour away from my house. Um, so my parents would drive me, my brother and my sister, we would like the three of us would go down multiple times a week and we would train and race and do all the things. But yeah, I started when I was 11. So I've been involved in track cycling. I forget how old I am. This will be like 23 years. Wow. Uh, so it's right. wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually funny. My first nationals when I was racing at Schultz was at T-Town. So I have a you know very good connection with T-Town. I've been there quite a bit as a racer, coach, all sorts of stuff. Um, but as I went through my junior career, you know, I got to race at all different tracks, which was awesome. Um, I went to college and I started my own team, um, when I raced collegiate nationals a couple of times, um, and I graduated, I have a major in physical education and minor in coaching and biology. Um, and I actually taught for five years as a PE teacher and health teacher. Um, and actually, oddly enough, the first year I taught was also the first year I was the program director. So I actually juggled working at the track full-time and being a school teacher, which was very fun and a unique opportunity. Um, but yeah, so I got involved um, when I graduated college, I started um, being the youth director at the velodrome. And after doing that for a summer or two, I think I kind of saw like, okay, how things are working. And then the program draw opened up and I went, sure, let's try it. Like it's very vague listing as any director job at a track is. It's you never really know what you have to do. And a lot of it's just extra and random and you just do it all basically. Right. Um, right. You know, um, I will be one of the people that do actually know, but yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so but I think people have no idea. I think people think we live in a little box at the track and we pop out on race day and 
races happen and then you pop back into your little like cubby hole underneath the track surface and that's that I, I, <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> yeah, magic um, there it is yep magic um but yeah so no I think I got to see what it was like and then I got to um do that and I this is I think that I think this is going to be my ninth year eighth or ninth year as the program director um and that job has evolved as I um when I had my first child almost five years ago, I stopped teaching. So I was full-time mom and full-time at the track. And as I stopped teaching, I managed to take on more responsibilities at the track, you know, to kind of fulfill my time with things. Um, and then I, at that point, I also started the our junior team, the Jerry Baker juniors, which this year is supposed to have over 40 kids. So I've added more things onto my plate. Um, oh, but yeah, awesome. so doing all of that. And I think my second year as a program director, we had master's nationals at our track, which was crazy um to have the hosted our track but it was awesome um but yeah so as through all those things it's just kind of grown and evolved and I'm happy where it is and I'm happy with the junior team growing um as yeah, it's the future amazing. yeah so that's very passionate about that um as a former junior athlete and just having that direction and that program for kids to see and I think it's really well, awesome certainly had a huge presence at junior <laughs> nationals um this past summer, it was great to see it. And you had complete with cheering sections and <laughs> everybody was very color coded and very boisterous. And uh, I thought it was awesome. It was, you definitely, you definitely knew where the Jerry Baker section in the stands were uh, mm -hmm. that week of racing, which was super good. Um, 40 kids is awesome. It's a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> so do you do the racing programming too, or just the, like the youth programming? everything um so yeah the program director is truly the everything i help classes uh, i do that we have an auction every year um but yeah, all the racing programs and then the youth um team director is kind of a separate job um as gotcha. well. but yeah so we i end up doing a lot of it which is doing i mean i love things. it yeah. yeah i mean i wouldn't do it if i didn't love it i mean that's kind of what it comes down to and yeah I think that, is, that is the uh that is I think the the real truth that I wish everybody understood about um, people who work in bike racing, um, because I think so often I, Zach Mayno was just on the last pod, um, yeah. and, you know, he's terrific and, and I have so much respect for him, but we joke, you know, that he's, you know, his, his whole, his whole shtick is I'm here to ruin bike racing and make people cry because he's, <laughs> because he's the exact opposite of that. Um, <laughs> because in reality, he couldn't be further from that. But, um, but I do think sometimes people just think that, that officials or race directors or, or executive directors or program directors were out to kill all the fun. And we're really not, we do, we do the job we do because we love the thing. And, uh, Yep. And, um, we're, we're not, we're not actually in our jobs to ruin your fun. <laughs> we are not actually trying to destroy bike racing, but, uh, um, but yeah, so that was a funny little, little sidebar, but yeah, it's, it's always a labor of love, right? Like we do it because we believe and we do it because, uh, we think it's the right thing to do. And we may yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. if I have a 14 month old now as well. So this whole last year, I'm finally getting consistent sleep like he's sleeping through the night amazing it's 14 yeah anyway so people would always be weirded out like at 2 or 3 a.m when I get a message and I respond back to them because I'm like I'm up right like, I'm, I'm I can respond like it's people were just like wait why did you respond I was like I'm just what I did oh you know I had four to six hours of 
uncontinuous sleep for the last year. And, you know, we make it work. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So what, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what your goals are for the track. What, what, what are the, what are your, what's your plan? What's your, what's your goal? Where, where are you guys pointing your track? I mean, tracks in an interesting position, right? In the U S where um, we're in a position where traditional racing is, I think, struggling somewhat. Um, we are as, as track as a discipline, we are pretty tied to our Federation, um, which is also struggling certainly in the COVID times. Um, and some tracks are closing like they've, you know, they've, they've gotten dilapidated and closed or, so there aren't very many tracks, uh, in the U S. Um, so, so first of all, tell us what, what you want to do with your track, where you're taking it, what's your vision for the next five years. And then how are you guys facing the challenges that we're all facing right now? Yeah. Um, our vision, obviously we want to keep track racing going, thriving. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing for our track in the next couple of year vision is we want to grow our women's numbers. Um, and I think that's, I know something T-Town is really focused on. Um, but even just looking at our numbers and, you know, our field sizes, it's something that we are really committed to on our board this year. We got up to 10 um, volunteer members on our board, um, up from seven. And um, four out of the, you know, four of them are women. Um, nice. You know, three of them are racers as well. But yeah, just trying to get, that brainstorming and that drive and that passion and that fun and figure out how to get more women to the track and what it is that's keeping them from that, but to get our fields fields up. And I think we, I mean, we already have momentum. We're doing women's only classes. We're trying to create some different things um, this year, but yeah, figure out what needs to happen for those women's numbers in particular. Um, and then yeah, just overall numbers, like how to get more people to the track. I mean, we always joke around that we're the best kept secret in the Pacific Northwest. And that's not a great thing, right? Like, right. People, like racers are like the road racers and cross racers. They'll be like, wait, we have a track. And we're like, yes, there's yeah. a track here. Like one of <laughs> what, 24 in the United States now, um, where's a track and it's thriving, right. In terms of like other racing that's dying or, you know, like just numbers are going down, you know, our road racing is really struggling out here, especially with COVID as of late. But even before that we had crits just dropping off left and right. Um, so the fact that we have three nights of racing and we have fields for everyone, like why aren't you racing track? And we're trying to really figure that out, especially with the people that already um, are racers of another discipline. Um, and then continuing our outreach to other people, right? Like, oh, you like bikes or you saw the track driving by and like, you want to check it out. Like, yeah, come ride a track bike and see what that's all about. So just continuing to um, continue our outreach and increase our numbers, I think is our Number one thing, um, and then another kind of side thing that we've been really focusing on the last few years is our live stream. So getting our outreach up through our live stream. And we've had, you know, this last year we had like four or five different cameras and we're trying to work on creating a you know, professional product that we can put out and say like, this is track racing, you know, having cameras on GoPros on, on bikes, you know, and switching to those and doing right. some really, really cool stuff um, to be like, this is bike racing. We've seen the UCI, Nations Cup or whatever just is happening, finishing up today. I don't know what time it yeah, is. Champions League. There you go. Champions League. They've done an amazing job with their yeah. social media and coverage and everything like that. So we're striving to that because that format works. And, you know, that's like our normal, for us, our Friday night racing, you know, that's what that's we what do. I, Isn't that funny that they've, same thing, like, I, I think they've like finally figured out to make spectator friendly racing, right? Which is um, yep. <laughs> what we've been the both of us, right? Our tracks is what we've been doing all along because you have Friday night people in the stands and yep. 
That means you can't run a hundred and something plus lap race because it's not super interesting for the fans. You got to have fast events, um, which is what they seem to have figured out with this Champions League and, um, you know, good on them for, for trying to, you know, modernize it a little bit, make it, make it fan friendly. Um, Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I mean, it's what, like I said, what we've been doing for a long time and yeah, getting our spectators in our beer garden, food trucks, you know, making it that fun environment that people can come out to and spend a Friday night, um, you know, having our kitty kilo where they come do, you know, lap around the track, right. Trying to create that fun environment um, where people want to go and watch racing and just, you know, have an evening basically. Yeah. That's we, we share that goal, of, <laughs> uh, you know, put the, put the fans in the stands on Friday night. We have a great, great, great beer sponsor, great, great food uh, and the concessions. Uh, but it's still, it's a, it's a tough sell. I think these days, no matter like how great the beer is and how affordable it is mm-hmm. and what a nice affordable ticket it is, we're competing with a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. We're competing with baseball. We're competing with all the big, you know, the ball sports. We're competing with TV. We're competing with mm-hmm. iPhones. We're competing with um, a lot of stuff. Um, and I think that's, it's just like the pie hasn't necessarily gotten any bigger. We're just slicing it up into more pieces now. Um, so yeah, I, think, I, mean, I think that's one of the reasons we went our full live stream, right? Is really yeah. that some people aren't going to drive out to the track, you know, especially between Seattle and Redmond, you're like, well, it's, you know, 20 miles or whatever, but like that 20 miles takes you an hour and a half, you know? So it's like one of those, like, outreaching our local community to watch racing and then also just being able to share that to family and friends that can be like cool we can you know watch from afar basically i know that that's something we're also very much cognizant of at t-town and trying to figure out ways um to, to do the same because i do think you know we have a local tv broadcast um which is terrific if with with service electric so they they do they they're out there filming every friday and they, they rerun the racing on, on the local cable network on Saturdays, but if you live outside of their broadcast area, you can't see it. So we're, yeah. we're, we are again with that, like, how do we live stream it? How do we get it to the folks in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah. And, you know, how do we get eyeballs on, on, on the track from really track loving nations? Yeah. Um, you know, who, who send athletes to race at T-Town in the summer, you know, and plus yeah. just folks around the country who like track. Um, yeah, Lexus has done a great job at their promotion and their their product. I'm always very yeah. impressed with their live streaming. Yep, absolutely. So it's something I think that that we got to get sorted out. And I think you're right, just giving more people access to it so that they can see it, and hopefully you get to you get a little bump from the from the Champions League, and you know oh, more yeah. people saw it and thought, oh my gosh, it's like there's one of those right in my backyard. I can go watch this stuff live. Which yeah, is exactly. Cool. Yeah. So when does your season start? We start racing in May and we go until early September. Yeah, so we truly fun. are. We can get out to the track around April, like in the winter months, like our, the sun doesn't get high enough to dry out corners one and two. So yeah. it's like, cool, it's dry, but it's not, it's very slippery. So starting in April is when we can get out there and actually start riding. Yeah. Same with T-Town. Um, although that's a, a bit of a TBD this year because we're doing the track resurfacing project. So uh, we'll see if it, if it, if it's, you know, on time, that's all mother de- nature dependent. Um, yeah. You know, last year we had one snowstorm that dumped close to 30 inches of snow uh, on the Lehigh Valley. And, <laughs> and that snow does not much like your track doesn't dry and turns one and two. 
Snow does not melt on the track. Uh, so, um, so that that track resurfacing project for us is very uh, mother nature dependent. So we hope that she's kind to the Lehigh Valley this year. No, I was, I was thinking, I think you guys had more rainouts than we did last year, which is weird. <laughs> so weird. In my first season at T-Town, we didn't have a single rainout. Uh, we had one night where we had tornado warnings and we had to pull folks out of the bleachers. Um, but then the, literally the rest of the summer, we did not have a single rain out. <laughs> Similarly, my second season at T-Town, no rain outs. It was, I was like, let the drought begin, right? Like May came to a conclusion and I was like, please let us have drought for June, July, and August. And <laughs> in fact, we did. Um, and it was terrific. Um, not that I'm pro drought, but it was great. <laughs> now, it always rained on Thursdays. It was like torrential downpours on Thursdays. And then this past year, man, we just got nailed over yeah. and over and over again it was like oh you're paying for the last two years of goodness yeah so I do I do think we were rainier than Seattle last year um yeah it was bizarre it was so many rainouts but hopefully things balance a little bit or at least it goes back to raining out Thursdays we prefer rainouts to smokeouts though like our August yeah. joke is like our smoke season and it's oh it's it's rough. It's yeah, it sucks to cancel, you know, when it's sunny, but yeah, when it's smoky and you have air quality issues, it's just like, Oh, it's, it's tough. You know, you know, it was crazy. I, and I don't know if you even, you were there obviously, cause you were there for nationals. Yeah. The last you day know, <laughs> you were having smoke issues in T-town. Maybe it was our fires. Wasn't fires. It? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, they followed the, the, the smoke followed y'all. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it was Spokane, but yeah, we had, yeah. Everyone was like, why is it so hazy? I'm like, oh, this is fires from our state guys. Like this is not so good. <laughs> Bringing that with you. But the sunsets were beautiful. Sunrises were tremendous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Air quality, not so much, but you know, um, yeah, that's amazing. Right. That you have to worry about that. I do remember the first, uh, the first time I went to Bend, Oregon was for master's road nats. And I remember being on the plane flying into Bend and you could smell the fires. You could smell yeah. the smoke on the plane. And I didn't realize there were fires. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like on the plane and I'm like, what's that? Is the plane on fire? And they're like, no, it's wildfires. And I was like, oh crap, that's crazy that you could smell it in the plane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, that's not nice. But I guess now, you know, that season has gotten longer for, mm -hmm. for all of it, which is just crazy. So what else have you got going on at the track? So you, you've got the, you've got the same, same agenda as T-Town, which is great. So we should definitely try to help each other out um, as much as we can. Um, what else is on the old agenda out there? Um, so we'll do our auction in April. I think we're trying to bike swap this year, which is something you guys do. Um, something new that we're going to do to the track. Yeah. yeah. So try something a little track specific. We have like a generic one that's always in our area. Um, it's just everyone, but yeah, trying to track bike swap. We'll start, we'll do our auction. We'll start classes in April. I think we're going to try a little something different with maybe like road team or cross team classes to try to target that community a little bit more. Nice. Um, and then yeah, start racing our preseason in May, just because May out here is so hit or miss with weather, weather, you know, like, are we going to get dumped on or do we have sun? So May we call preseason. Um, and we'll start our regular season racing at the end of May. We have like a kickoff event. Um, and then, yeah, we just, just 
truck through our racing. Like I said, we're gonna have a few more special events. We did like a carnival style race last year with like multiple day deer. I don't know, it was very unique and very fun with Madison's and other categories. Um, and then I think um, tentatively we're gonna try to do it like a juniors weekend. I'm still working on the detail, but thinking of like July 1st ish and try to invite all the juniors out and be like, if you can get here, we're gonna have clinics racing and just all sorts of fun to try oh, to that sounds it. awesome. Yeah, and I, I'll send details. I'm trying to reach out to the junior teams right now. But I remember when I was a junior, um, going to Houston every spring break, and we would actually like a few days. We had clinics and racing, and we had juniors from like Wales come in. But yeah, it was like a summer spring break party. You know, no parents. It was crazy. You know, we're all in a hotel, and yeah, we went and raced multiple days at Houston. And I remember that like so fondly, being like, this was like the best. Right, you get to see all your nationals friends at another time in the year. Oh, that's um, cool. So really trying to recreate that and figure out what that's going to look like. Um, but yeah, our GP right now is tentatively scheduled for July 22nd and 23rd. If people want to mark that on the calendar. I believe that misses your UCI racing, I think is how we yeah. figure yeah. that out. Yeah, we're trying to make it make it work. Um, and then hopefully nationals, I heard, was tentatively beginning of August. At least that's what their bid sheet said. Um, so hopefully we'll figure out those dates soon. I mean, that would be amazing if that was the calendar, right? If we could right? do I mean, <laughs> that whole like... All right, T-Town's got some C2s running into the C1s because the rule changes are all wacky. And then (laughs) you go to your event, then you go to nationals, and then you have a pretty robust track season. Um, Yeah, I kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of pop back and forth or, you know, go down to LA, wherever it may be. But yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be awesome if people, you know, can do some traveling um, and make those awesome races happen. I think it'd be great. Um, And then our August, we'll have our regional championships, which I think are going to be um, August 27th that weekend. Um, and so our, we call them regionals because we invite Oregon, Vancouver, Victoria, Idaho, um, and they all come down um, or come over and race. And so we have a big regional championships that are pretty much the national schedule, but we hand out medals and jerseys and things like that. But yeah, so we try to get a international scene, which is, I think, really fun um, to get those couple of tracks to yeah and hopefully life. it's a little easier this year than last year with the yes the, the border so just happy. opened up so <laughs> we were so happy that the, the canadian athletes were able to come down to t-town and race for all of our uci stuff but man it was not easy um yeah. it was, it was yeah, definitely not, not, not easy at all yeah no the border just opened up i think it was last month and people were like yay yes so awesome and figuring out what that you know they have to do like covid tests and yeah there's a lot that goes into it but yeah it sounds like Hopefully things open up a little bit more. Be yeah, great. I I get like I start like I watch the news too much. I think right the whole Omicron thing, and I'm like, oh please don't let it don't let it set us back. <laughs> I know. Let it not be more dangerous than the than the past, so we can keep you know keep plugging along where we are. Happy to put all the precautions in place. Put all the precautions in place, but please don't let us like shut everything down again. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and then I mentioned Oregon, so. Alpenrose closed during yeah. COVID actually. And so that's been a huge bummer for that community. So we've been really trying to open up and be like, you know, obviously it's, you know, three, four hour drive for them, but just being able to come up and still have a community and a home that they can reset. And I think we probably had, we had a few juniors, probably like three or four juniors, and then probably like five or six adults that came up and raced throughout the summer. But it was so nice to see them. But I mean, especially with track closing and COVID, it just totally took the wind out of their sails. And I just, I feel for them so much. So I hope yeah, to see them, especially for our larger events this year. But it's yeah, such a drag for that track to close. Um, you know, and I, I know they fought so hard to keep it. Um, so 
super, super drag that, that that's closed and that it's, you know, because Oregon's got such a good bike racing community too. So, so that's a real drag. It's a challenge though, right? You know how there's more, I think, you know, land is valuable, right? Like that's the thing. It's like at some point the, the land is more valuable than the, um, than the track can sustain in some cases, you know, so it's hard. Yeah. And every track I feel like is so unique for where it is, right? Like we're in a county park. Some people are in state parks and cities. Some people are owned by cities. Some of it's private. Every yeah. track is just so unique. And our, because of that, you know, our insurances and our planning and our structure, everything, I feel like there's no one track or two tracks that are similar enough to be like, oh, here you go. Like, here's what we do, right? It's just so yeah. unique, um, which I think is, is good and bad, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely it. I, I don't know about you. Do you get calls like every week? I want to put up a velodrome. Do you get those calls? We have a few people that say like, oh, I want to put up a velodrome. I'm like, sweet. How many millions of dollars do you have? Like, <laughs> that's the funny thing, right? I, I get these calls all the time. Hey, yeah, we want to build a velodrome. Um, and I'm like, cool. What's your budget? And they're like, uh, I'm like, do you have 160 million? And they're like, uh, and then, you know, that's the end of that call. And then, or I'll get, I'll get calls from people who say, yeah, we have the funding to build a velodrome. How do you keep yours running? <laughs> and I was like, uh, do you have more than the budget to build the track? No. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a problem. You know, like it's, I think people just don't know. It's a, it's such a struggle, you know, to, to have the funding to keep it running. Yeah, and I think like that's another thing where it's so unique. Like I know under some tracks, depending on where they're located, get a lot of city or you know county funding, right? But it's, I mean, like our track in particular, like we we do our own fundraising. We have auctions. We get sponsors as donations. I mean, we're a nonprofit, right? So a lot of people can write all of those things off. But I mean, we I mean we're doing a full budget recap right now. You know, my mind is blowing up. Um, but yeah, looking at like, okay, if we do this and we have to do this, you know what I mean? It's, we're literally crunching numbers right now, just trying to figure out like, okay, if we lower our memberships, like, you know what I mean? Can we keep our racing the same cost? And we, you know, we want to make sure that people can race and they're not, right, you, know, you want to keep it up. accessible, right? It's yes. Like, yeah. And trying to do that. Accessible. Yeah. Accessible. And I look, I mean, last time I raced a road race, a crit, I was like, I just spent $50 for a 40 minute crit. And like my mind kind of blew up a little bit. You know, and just prices are just all over the place. But it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, bike racing costs money. And I don't think people realizing that, you know, like our Friday night, you know, I mean, you have how many officials, four or five officials, you have EMTs, announcers, you know what I mean? Like the whole event, you know, electricity, Friday, you, yeah. you know, stand yeah. prize money, right? I mean, you're looking at like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars to put on a race night and you're like, oh, cool. You're like, how many racers did we have? And, oh, that didn't quite add up. And, you know, so then it's like, yeah, our yeah. spectators, our beer, you know, and crunching all those numbers. I don't think people realize, babies in the background, um, what it takes to put on a race night. Like, I don't, people just don't realize that. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you say that. When I was doing the Masters uh, Cyclocross World Championships, um, uh, a Masters racer who I will not name, um, sort of lit us up on on Facebook um, because the entry fee was $75 to race the world championships. Um, and he just like came at us super hard 
And I was like, look, I'm not going to fight this battle with you on social media, but I would like to take the opportunity to run you through the budget. Yeah. And I was like, Being so transparent with people like that. Yeah. I was like, here, let's start with the UCI fees. Yeah. And he was like, what? And yeah. I was like, right. There's a fee to call this thing, the world championship that gets paid to the UCI. Let's start there. And then let's go through the rest of it. Yeah. And when I went through it, like I literally walked him through the budget line by line. <laughs> and at the end, I was like, so I hope you can see that we're not, and you get to race twice for that $75, by the way, you get to race the qualifying heat and then the actual race. So I hope by the end of this conversation, you can see that I am not lining my pockets with your hard-earned cash. And yeah, we're actually losing money. We are subsidizing your, your hobby right now. So yeah. I hope you will contemplate changing your position on this event and he was like yeah right <laughs> I had no idea he's like well you need more sponsorship money and I was like I and I said to him I was like and you tell me what company yeah. wants to write a big fat check for masters racing that isn't on tv that doesn't have a large spectator base tell me again why a sponsor would want to sponsor this event yeah. I mean, and like, yeah. uh, yeah, it's hard. People don't know. It costs a lot of money to put on bike racing. Yeah. We did a UCI race one year because we, it was when the, whatever the USA cup, you had to be UCI. So we're like, whatever, we're going to do it one year. And so, yeah, it was like, we had to bring out, we did the full application. We did all the extra officials and we were just like, oh my gosh, this is ended up being so expensive. I and mean, it was awesome. It was such an amazing experience for yeah the racers and the fans we ended up having a ton of rain it was horrible but like the whole event I mean it was so cool to see all those different people and all those different nationalities and I mean I had um who was it um a couple of Mexican athletes and a South African athlete like staying at my house because that's how it works as a program director you just right. you know people are staying at your house um but it was just absolutely awesome it was a cool experience but you look at the actual like budget and you're like that didn't go so well but you know it's yeah. what you do and you figure out what you can do but I mean, yeah, that's something that we as a board are trying to be more transparent and be like, yeah, this is our budget. Like we propose it every year, but some people just don't look or, you know, just choose not to realize like, yeah, why, why does it cost 25 or $30 to race a night? And yeah. they either accept it or they don't, but yeah, sometimes you just have to be like it. it, well, I mean, it's, it right. You say, okay. So you paid $25 for your entry fee, take 575 off the top for your USA okay. cycling per rider surcharge. Yep then slice off whatever fraction of yep. per person for your permit. Then yep. take the six officials, divide yep. that out. <laughs> then take your timing company and divide that out. And oh, wait a second, we've, we're already in the red. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Would you like yeah. me to throw the electric bill on? Because I can do that. And then there's the announcement. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, seriously, that you just, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not complaining about the Federation. They provide us with insurance that, that doesn't, does its job um yeah. but it insurance isn't free um, no yeah it's, it's not I, yeah it's one of those things that people yeah people just don't realize what goes into that entry fee you know and I mean, even like I said I, I'll come you know I do that like a cross race or a road race you know and I go like oh that was expensive but then it's like okay it's fine you know what I mean like I just have to kind of like I hate spending money you know I'm one of those people that like I'm like I'd rather not pay someone I'm gonna do it myself <laughs> so I'm gonna um 
but yeah, it's just like, yeah, you gotta remember, yeah, there's a lot of people that takes to put this on and it's worthwhile, you know, support your local community, you know, do, like I'm part of the road racing association, even though I will not race my road bike this year, but you gotta do it <laughs> to support everybody. Gosh, I hope I race my road bike this year. <laughs> I really hope so. That's so funny. So um, that's interesting that you you touched on that. And I don't want to go too far afield from the track, but um, I asked you in the in the pre-show if because uh, I had always thought you were a member of the WSBA board with my good friend Gina, but you are not. But you work very collaboratively with your local association. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And WSBA, Washington State Bicycle Association, they put on their calendar, all of the different events, um, USAC sanctioned or not. So road, mountain, gravel, you know, everything gets on their overarching calendar and they do a lot to promote and they help. I know with the road, they have all the signage and things like that and they help work things. Um, but yeah, so it's awesome that we have a local association that really collaboratively does that. I know a lot of other states are not in the same boat. Um, so yeah, we love our association. Yeah, we have multiple meetings with them every year to be like, hey, how are things going? Here's how we're doing. And they actually help us a lot with um trying to get those road riders to the track. So they've given us like subsidies of being like, yeah, we'll pay half of their, you know, their oh, class yeah. fees. Um, and so they just have to, you know, submit whatever. And yeah, all of a sudden, instead of it being $40 to take our interclass, it's 20. Or they've done, I know this last year with trying to get racing back into it, they've done like two for one road race entries and they did some of that with track, but they're really actively trying to promote racing um, for, you know, everyone in all disciplines, which we really appreciate and appreciate that their financial help as well as just giving us the access to it. All right, let's, we really want to target, you know, cycle cross single speeders, you know, there's like 150 of them on any given weekend. It's like, why are they not on the track? We clearly right. both need gears, but right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're complimentary seasons. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah, have to give up your cross race to do your track racing. Um, Exactly. Yeah. No, I, the, when I was at, when I was at USA cycling, the WSBA, I, I thought was just one of the, one of the sort of bright shining local associations that like a lot of organizations could learn from in terms of how active they are and how they, they really do try to prov provide that return um, to their members um, for participating. Right. It's like, you know, as a, as a WSBA member, you pay $25 or something and yeah. um and I think that they're one of those local associations that you actually get the bang for your buck. When you, when you give them your $25, you, you're buying more than your little uh, cloth number for the season. You're actually buying an organization that does support um, groups like, like yours and, and does support promoters on the road and supports yeah. promoters of all the types of racing. So I'm just happy to give a good shout out to the WSBA because I oh, think yeah. great work mm -hmm. and, uh, and sure. uh, I always really, tried to, I always tried to suck them into the discussions with the other local associations when I was at USAC, because I do think they, they are a model for how the grassroots can support the grassroots. Uh, it's really important, I think. Um, so what is your perspective, Amara? And I know we're, we're starting to run up against time now. Um, what is your perspective on the state right now, without getting controversial and, and, and super negative, uh, on the state of the sport more broadly speaking? I'd love to hear your thoughts, you know. The state of the sport, that's hard. Um, is I, I, where do you see trends where so we're in a different we're in different markets right we're east coast market you're you're pacific northwest uh you know what's the state of the sport how are you seeing people participating in our sport right now yeah i mean i think 
like we mentioned, the UCI cup is like clearly going in the right direction. And I think you need to model that. But yeah, I mean, for us, especially with COVID, everyone went virtual, right? And so we have, I mean, WSBA did their awesome like virtual series and they did all that and they got all the people involved that way. But yeah, it's how to access those people and figure out that, you know, like track is an awesome alternative. Like for me, it's always like, especially now with kids, it's like, okay, I don't have time to go outside and there's cars and bikes and like, um, yeah, you know, I was pregnant with my first kid. I got hit by a bike and you're just like, this is not what I can be doing right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And so like, for me, it's like, I'm really not riding outside anymore. And so having, you know, but like knowing that the track is safer than road racing, like people don't people, for some reason, that's really hard for them to wrap their head around. They're like, Oh my God, there's no brakes. I'm like, exactly. No brakes makes it safer. Like no one can slam on their brakes in front of you. And then especially with track, I mean, being that, you know, we're, tracks are so far and few between, right? Like we have so much control over safety, right? If someone is unsafe, we can see it. We're on a road race. You have no idea, right? Like who is unsafe and you can't be like, Hey, you need to like, this is what you need to work on. Um, so I think state of the sport, I'm getting back to that. Um, I think, I mean, for us, at least for me personally, is that focusing on the juniors and focusing on that, the next generation that's going to come up and be that the next group of people that's going to continue the sport. Um, but yeah, it's hard with USA cycling. I don't know what the ODP, ODA, I think it's ODA now, what that whole program is doing with track. I don't, don't know. I don't know what they've produced or I don't know if anything happened this last year. Um, but obviously we have some amazing athletes, right. You know, at the elite level that we need to support. I mean, Gavin just won like something, you know, and yeah. Kendall's doing awesome and Maddie, right? All these athletes are doing great things, but yeah, how do we get athletes to that? That it's not just like, oh, this person's amazing. Let's feature them, right? right. And look at all these amazing things that we did, but when really it's- Let's cultivate to, them. Yeah. Let's yeah, we need that grassroots and how to make that connection. And I think that's hard. I think USA Cycling is trying, right? They're doing their Let's Ride camps, which is awesome, right? Really focusing on the beginning, beginning. Um, but it's how to make that connection and doing those talent camps. I remember going to talent camps at the Olympic Training Center as a 14-year-old being like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, right? right? But getting those opportunities and figuring out what that looks like to kids from going to their local track to nationals, but then there needs to be something else, right? And I don't yeah, there I don't know the answers to that. Let's Ride is for little kids who are just yeah. learning to ride bikes and there is no stepping stone from that to like, yeah. how do you transition them into racing? Uh, how do you introduce them to racing? And yeah. Um, I think, you know, but I think you're on to something with that, like, okay, for, for this, for the specific world of the track, you do have, I think, an enormous opportunity for a lot of the reasons you said, right. It's safer. Parents can, um, sit, they can, stand. They can see their kid. Yeah. It's, yeah they can <laughs> see their kid. They can watch their kid. Um, so in a lot of ways, there's that, that sort of like, just like baseball, right. The parents can sit on the other side of the fence and watch their kid play baseball, um, you know, they're not putting them out on the road with cars and watching them right away. They are okay. saying, okay, I'm going to sit here and watch. So there's a safety component for the kids. And I think that that's right, because I think by the time you get to be an adult athlete, the, the way people are consuming the sport of cycling now feels very different to me than it is when I started racing 20 years ago. When I and I was, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, actually, my first season of racing, I think we started racing in mid-February, 
and we raced until the end of August and we would have kept racing except that there were no more races. So we raced every weekend. We did crits Saturday and Sunday every weekend from February through August. It was an insane volume of, of just <laughs> every week we raced crits Saturday, Sunday. People don't do that anymore. Well, A, there aren't crits every Saturday and Sunday now. So yeah. there, there is not that plethora of racing opportunity, but people want to do different things, right? They want to do the gravel one week. They want to go on their mountain bike. They want to dabble in road racing. They want to go do a Fondo. They want to, yeah. they want to, they want to cross participate, which I think is great, right? It's, it's like do all the things. Um, but it does, I think, have a, an impact then on that consistency of participation that I think we're all sort of struggling with. Um, and so I think if you can get the juniors into a program, even if we're, even in the junior programs, if they don't turn out to be the next Gavin or the next Ashton or the next, you know, Kendall or the next, you know, um, Megan Jastrab, if you, if you get kids into track programs, you're going to give them that solid, solid foundation. It's such a great like solid skills, solid foundation as athletes, solid foundation as people who know how to ride a bike safely. Um, and hopefully they turn into people like you and me who then do it their whole life. If you bring them in as a junior and whether or not that's participating in track, or if they discover that the track is a gateway to road, or if they discover that they want to do track and gravel like Ashton, like, you know, I mean, by focusing on the juniors, we're at least giving the sport a fighting chance to keep going, right? Yeah. And create that next generation of lifelong athletes that that we need to keep the sport going. But yeah, yeah I agree there. And it's so funny, so many people that like the juniors get started and I end up getting like the parents end up trying it. You know, we do like a you know, parent try the track class to be like, your kids do the sport. You should figure out what it is to you. It's just funny how sometimes it goes along where you, you know, you create a super volunteer that, you know, that person's out there helping yeah. every single time. And, you know, just, you know, tracks, most tracks are run by volunteers and it's so important to, to have that, that base. And I think that's, you know, important to realize that, you know, every track is its own little community and that, yeah, like you got the more people you bring into it, the bigger community and pool that you can draw on for racers, spectators, volunteers. I think that's important. Yeah. It's so funny you say that we had, um, you know, for our women's Wednesday programming, we've had a bunch of moms whose kids race either just, you know, in the junior ranks or kids whose junior, whose kids are racing at a very high level, um, who have been now through the, through the women's Wednesdays mm -hmm. program. Cause it same thing. They wanted to understand yeah. what, what their kids doing and have an appreciation for what their kids doing out there on the bike. So that is a funny thing. Um, it made me so excited though. I'm like, yeah, mom's getting out there doing the thing. It was pretty cool to see. Um, so yeah, however we get them on bikes is how we get them on bikes. And it yeah. is such an opportunity too. like, Right now, when nobody can buy bikes because there's no oh, yeah. <laughs> supply chain, is just a big old disaster. Most tracks have a pretty solid loaner, uh, you know, bike barn full of bikes, so you don't even need to buy a bike to do the track programming. Right? This is this is our plea. If you're listening and you can't buy a bike, go to your local velodrome because more likely than not, they have bikes for you can take their programs on. So. Yeah, so true. I say like truly like all through the fives and the fours, like you can use our rental bikes. Like, I mean, something unique to our track is that we gear strip the fours and the fives. So like our rental bikes are set up exactly the same. So it's like, it's not a disadvantage, you know, and it's, 
it's nice to be like, cool, here's a rental bike. You're not, you know, you're not going to be off the back. It's not, you know, tanker steel. I mean, they're like nice specialized Langsters, you know, I mean, they're, they're good bikes. And so we make sure that, that we keep those, you know, tuned up and ready to go for everybody. Yeah. It's funny. Like weird, weird how we can find our selling points now. <laughs> hey, look, we have a selling point is that we actually have bikes. Um, <laughs> nobody else does uh so come to the track where the bikes are abundant that's so funny it's so funny well it has been delightful speaking with you amara it's pleasure to speak to another woman in the sport as well um there aren't that many of us so it's although our numbers are growing so it's really uh really good and fun to talk to you about that and uh i'm looking forward to seeing you uh at, at the events this summer i know uh, i'm sure our paths will cross at some point during racing um season and uh yeah excited for this summer and i guess my little send-off is that you've never been to our track come out to our track like come experience it it is i mean every track is so unique um but truly our i think we make it fun and a party and home of the merrymore crawl um we are our, our track is a blast and so if you want to get out here like just reach out to me or you know go to the website but come out and experience it because we have lots of racing and it's it's a ton of fun yeah and for our listeners we will put um information in the show notes so that y'all will know how to find information about the jerry baker memorial velodrome and their programming and how to reach amara with questions um but we will include all of that information for you our listeners uh so that if you are in the pacific northwest and you want to do the thing uh, with amara and her very rad crew of, of folks and i promise they are they are a very friendly boisterous group of folks as as we saw like i said earlier at the at t-town for uh nationals it was a just great energy coming from your crew so if you want to be part of that great energy uh check them out look them up go racetrack go try it out do a try the track with them or with us at t-town uh and uh yeah more people on track amara thank you so much it's been a real pleasure and, and we're doing this on a saturday and you gave up your saturday so and you're a mom so that says something that says you do you, the thing. if they didn't add out the baby screams you can hear them but so we know. won't we're leaving the baby screams in it's it's a, it it shows your commitment <laughs> well thank yes, you thank you so yeah, thank you so much this was a blast i'm happy happy to do it and spread the the word about track racing Right on. Well, you have a great rest of your weekend. I appreciate your time. This has been the Talk of the T-Town podcast uh, with me, your host, Joan Hanscom, and with our guest, Amara Edwards. Give us the thumbs up, the hearts, the likes, the stars. Uh, it helps us keep the lights on for the podcast, and we appreciate our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This has been the Talk of the T-Town podcast. I'm your host, Joan Hanscom. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Head over to our website at thevelodrome.com where you can check out the show notes and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.